0: radio
1: influence.com guys welcome into the place for my head podcast his name is brandon thompson my name is jerry p tuck want to thank our boy blake young last week better known as pool boy some of you guys might remember him from tampa bay radio such a great guy brandon i'm, I'm glad you set that up i didn't realize uh, you know until last week just how tight you guys were
0: yeah, yeah 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 that's my dude
1: that's my brother <laughs> obviously because i think you guys could have talked for hours yep <laughs> so yeah no great guy i'm glad we got that done and and this week we've got something a little different but i, I you know i'm really excited about this because it's such a cool concept and and what this lady's bringing to the table is just kick ass and isn't it amazing how like just chance encounters and chance meetings bring people together
0: yeah, yeah, you know how I am with my love hate relationship uh, with you know social media, and that seems to be the only place that I, I, I seem to find uh, and connect with people on this type of level. But I am pleased to announce that I did not meet Jenny on social media. Although it was on the interwebs, it wasn't social media. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> now, I, I got
1: when When you told me about how you guys came together, and, and guys, we're going to be talking to Jenny Dempsey this week. She's customer experience manager for Number Barn, but that's not why we're talking to her. We're talking to her because she's also the co founder and a regular contributor over at CustomerserviceLife.com. Now we'll let her explain exactly what she does. But, and Jenny, welcome to the show. I, I don't mean to like talk over you, but um, thank you. Yeah, Glad to be
2: here, guys. <laughs> it was funny
1: when, when Brandon was telling me the story about how you guys came together. I'm just dying because it's a running joke with my wife and I that I can't go anywhere that I either A, don't know somebody, or B, won't have a best friend within 30 seconds. So, you know, it, it's so funny how you guys came together <laughs> over an email.
0: Yeah, dude, I, told her, I, I I told her I told her that I called you right after the fact because Jerry makes fun of me all the time because I don't know why I do it. But I'm just so used to people that don't want to talk on the phone sometimes. And I, I love to talk on the phone as opposed to uh, texting, emailing and all that kind of correspondence. And I always text Jerry when I need to talk to him, like, hey, can I call? You, can I talk like or whatever and he's like yeah, no you can't call me dude like what, what the hell are you talking about and so I just called him direct like and I'm like oh my god oh my god I got an interview and it wasn't on social media so we were laughing our ass off about that but uh yeah, yeah I go, say my, yeah, my wife jokes that
1: I could make a make a friend out of a potted plant so you know yeah. <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm telling her this story and she goes oh my god you two really are alike aren't you and I just started dying <laughs> Good stuff. So, random email. How does this? How, how does this budding relationship begin?
0: Um, you want to? You want to explain? You want me to? Or, sure. Uh, go for it. Go for well, it.
2: I could share it from my side, and then you can piece together the rest of it from your side. Oh god, this um, might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm the customer experience manager for Number Barn. We're a, a phone number management company. And, um, I go through emails. I don't necessarily do frontline support all too often, but sometimes I'll look through and kind of look for things that might have raising, um, uh, issues. And so I came across an email correspondence that was between Brandon and another team member. I see think where this is going, Jerry?
1: <laughs> oh, 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 I'm, I'm picking up what you're throwing down.
2: And, um, <laughs> and I could reading through it, I could sense that there was some, Uh, let's say, raising um, frustrations coming through just through email. And so the back and forth correspondence had gone on probably like three or four times. And at that point, I know for, you know, in customer experience, customer service in general, like, that's when you kind of swoop in and take on secondary, um, you know, measures. And so, because I happened to be there that day on the front line, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to reach out to this person. And so, um, I, re- I reached out to Brandon, and like it was, you know, we got a lot of stuff sorted out over the phone, and it felt like, you know, it was resolved. And then, um, you know, I shared my direct uh, work number with him, and we kind of started messaging. I said that I would help follow up with, um, you know, a phone number. A situation that we're you know working on, and that I'm available. You can always message me. And then he sent me a message on a Friday, and that particular Friday was very stressful. You know, with everything going on, um, I personally was like, I I need to distance. I need to take a mental health day. Like that is pretty much what I I did. I just set boundaries. And I usually don't tell that to customers, but because I never responded to his text message until the following week, I realized like, Oh, that's not good. Like I wasn't here. Like no one else knows that I wasn't available to help. So I responded to the message very clearly. Like, I apologize for the delay. I took a mental health day on this particular day. Um, and I, I wasn't available, you know, how, how can we continue to work together? Like I'm here now. Like, and so that's kind of what happened. And then Brandon started sharing with me, "Oh, that's that's cool. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I do this podcast." And I was like, "Wait, what? Like, I, you know, in addition mm-hmm. to Amber Barn, I also am. Um, it's um, kind of like just a side project that I have been working on for the last couple of years. I'm a self care, mm-hmm. mental health, um, emotional well being coach for customer service agents and leaders. So when I heard that's an amazing com-
1: that, that's an amazing concept, by the way.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about it because this is, yeah. So that's pretty much the whole story of how we started to talk about this stuff. It was fascinating. So that's my side. Brandon, fill in the gaps. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it goes, it, goes, it goes without saying, obviously, I don't, that's texting and, and emailing correspondence again, like I said prior uh, is not my preferred line of communication, which is probably why um, uh, you saw uh, a red flag in those <laughs> those emails going back and forth. So, uh, thank you again for calling me. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, no, when I. I, I I don't even remember. There's so much going on because, you know, uh, we all know I'm opening a, my own business and I was trying to get this number from her company. And I sent something on Friday, didn't hear from her. I, I don't even know that I really noticed because there's so much going on. And then when you replied, and I saw the mental health day. I'm like, uh oh, uh I like it. I got to talk to her about it. I can't hold back. I'm not going to do it. So, you know, <laughs> so I did. And, and, you know, here we are um and w- what's cool is these this 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 stuff keeps happening you know like these these connections and um um and these the people that we have encountered and become friends with uh, uh over this time frame that we've started which hasn't been that long um it it, it just keeps happening and you know I don't have to go and hunt down people for for interviews and stuff like that. I, I, these opportunities just somehow surface. And, you know, I, I'm super thankful to have you on and to have these situations keep happening for us um, because it, it generates amazing content. And to, you know, as excited as I was when I called Jerry, I'm like, oh, dude, dude, like she, she helps customer service people, man. I would have never thought, you know, to... to to go down that angle or that topic and as excited as I was, I, I immediately digressed. And next thing you know, I'm thinking, shit, I have yelled at so many customer <laughs> customer service people. I feel horrible right now. Well you're you're a horrible person. It was like happiness <laughs> and an immediate regret. Like, oh <laughs> no. <laughs> I always so, thought I was uh, a
1: good guy, but damn
0: I am Dick. Oh <laughs> uh, man! So uh,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, that was that was my take. Yet, yeah, even though I was still super excited to talk to you about, um, you know, what, but yeah, what uh, we had a, a few different conversations uh, prior to this, and you know, uh, she she just tells like she tells it exactly how you think it would be. You have to put on a happy face to deal with these people that are pissed off, and and then go home and act like you didn't deal with with, you know, six to eight hours of, of pissed off people. I mean, I shared with her I worked for AOL um back when AOL was like a big deal. So is this uh, where
1: I admit that I still have my AOL email address? That that was your cue. That was your cue. That
0: was your cue. Yeah. <laughs> your cue. yeah I mean, thank
1: you. You,
0: you you and those hotmail folks man you, you know, oh my.
1: time be true body. 25 years strong baby <laughs> <laughs> never it or not never been hacked <laughs> there you go hey man it's funny uh, I'm gonna start
0: sending your email address to all kinds of different websites. yeah that said I'm
1: gonna start getting spam now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
0: uh, I worked in the you know back of the day I worked in the, the retention um, department and dude it never changed every single phone call that you that hit your that hit your you know headset cuz you're on the phone 24/7 when you're clocked in right is the same thing cancel my account and it was our job to get them To keep it at least for another month, give them a free month, you know, do whatever we could. Are you you utilizing all the, uh, I think that's where I learned the word utilize back in the day. Are you utilizing all the features that AOL has to offer and all that stuff? They're like, the internet's free, dude. It's free. And I'm like, but so you have to like, I can can easily identify with that now. Um, And yeah, so I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry to all the customer service, except that I'm, I was rude, too. I really am. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so let's hop into it. How did you come up with this idea, Jenny?
2: So this idea really came from my own personal experience. Uh, I've been working in contact centers since 2005, and um, I... I don't like I had trouble. Like i well, so let me back up. So I'm very much like, you know, I'm a two on the Enneagram. I'm very much a people pleaser. That's just what I learned when I was young. And so customer service felt very natural to me. It was like, it's so easy to put others first and I can get paid for it. Are you kidding me? Like yes. so, so like I, you know, started working in, you know, I worked for a web host, a domain registration company and frontline support. I moved to voiceover IT and Actually, and virtual phone number stuff. I worked at a DMV related, uh, not the actual DMV, but um, a different private company that did DMV content for all 50 states. So you can imagine the customer service with that. Um, And so, like, all across my career, I realized that, like, you know, it's so easy to put others first, but then I wasn't paying attention to my own shit. And so, and I love that we can cuss, by the way, it's so great. So, (laughs) so I wasn't paying attention to my own shit. And what happened along the way was that because of that, and the outside of work stuff is what, you know, also what I was not paying attention to. And so, you know, I, when I started my career in customer service, like I was, you know, battling an eating disorder. I hadn't admitted it to myself, but it was very much like, I was in it. I was in it. And along with that was, you know, anxiety, um, you know, depression on top of that. And so kind of navigating, it was so easy to go to work and forget about all of that stuff. And then noticing how along the way, when you don't pay attention to that stuff, it builds up and then even bigger stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of everything that I do now kind of came out of that, out of my own experience and seeing how it affected me. Having anxiety attacks at work in like I managed a team of twenty four agents. It's just like not that long ago, like two thousand and fifteen, and I had an anxiety attack in front of them because like I was just you know ignoring all of the things, and then you know I I was in like um, an eating disorder outpatient recovery program. I you know li- I lied to my employer because I didn't want them to know that I was going to get help for this. They all thought you know. I, you know, I exercise a lot. I eat healthy, all these things. So they, I told them I was going to nutrition school. They didn't bat an eye, but I had so much shame around being judged for this. So it was very easy to go out in the world, high functioning, uh, you know, mental health stuff. And so I was able to do everything. I always kept my job. I always got out of bed every morning. I was still exercising. I was still doing all the things that looked like all the things that you should be doing. But on the inside, I was crumbling. And especially days when I'd come home and customers were beat you up. And, you know, that you make a mistake and you're just like, you're just torn apart. And so on top of that, on those days where I failed at helping others, those were the worst. And those also built up. I'd come home and just like crumble. And so it wasn't until probably like 2017 where I... Realized that I was like, man, like I don't want to keep living my life like this. Like I've gotten help for eating disorder, I've been in therapy, like I've done the things, but like I keep making the same mistakes. I keep getting having anxiety attacks at work. Um, I keep, you know, there's just these patterns, right? Like we keep, we all find our own patterns, and so I decided, like, you know what? Like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna see what happens if I start focusing on this. And through that kind of self exploration. I decided to go and get my health coaching certification because there is something I love nutrition and stuff like that. uh, But I'm more along the lines of non labels, not um, anti diet um, mentality stuff, but I find it fascinating. And so I got my health coaching certification and then I realized I don't want to help people with what they, what, you know, figuring out what to eat. Like I want to help people feel their feelings (laughs) while they're working with others to help solve other people's problems. Because that was my problem and that's what I struggled with. And so I really dove into all of this and I started to do self-care workshops at business conferences. So here you are, you're like, picture this. I remember the first one I did. You have a business conference and, you know, you're talking about metrics in one session. You're talking about, you know, best practices in another. And then there's me. Let's talk about our feelings. (laughs) And so people were people. It it was it's, you know, very new thing to talk about that at work. And so I just was like, you know what? Back in the day, you know, 15 years ago, I wish that I had had someone who, is, who could guide me through feeling my feelings while I'm taking care of others. And, um, and I didn't, and that's cool because I had this experience and now I can kind of create this and be the person that I could have been to support my past self, if that makes sense. And so that really is what fuels me to continue to do these workshops and to speak at conferences and to just be available and be aware of all of these things that go on because I really believe that in order to take the best care of others, we first have to take the best care of ourselves. And so people in customer service roles, it's so not everyone, but most people it's hard to do that. Um, especially when your boss requires that, you know, it's what you're getting paid for. You're there to help solve problems. So it's like, how can you still do your job and be exceptional at that while still taking care of yourself? So that's what I am on a mission to do is just to like spread that word and like, You know, it's not about feeling better all the time. It's about getting better at feeling and doing that and being cool with that while you're while you're working to make sure people's problems are being solved.
1: As customers, we don't think about, you know, the customer service people, whether it's, you know, in a store or a call center or you know, it it could be anywhere that customer service is involved. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that You just want what you want. You want to be done with it, but you don't consider the people on the other end. I'm amazed somebody hasn't thought of this before you, to be brutally honest with you.
2: I mean, I hope that someone did. Maybe there is someone out there, but and there, you know, it is true. And it's like as the customer, it isn't necessarily your job to worry about that other person, but how can we approach interactions with people differently? Because I will say this, like there are times when I call, you know, for my own issues, I'll call customer service departments. And because I've worked in this for so, field for so long, my expectations are incredibly high. Right, And so when I don't get the level of service that I want, because I know how this works on the back end. like, I don't necessarily raise my voice, but I question it. So I'll ask them, well, do you have the resources or documentation available? Um, Is there a non-script version we can talk through? Or like, um, you know, or I'll talk to the manager or what have you. So there are things where I still, you know, if I am mistreated by an agent, like I've had gosh, like some customer service agents, they may have stuff going on in their lives and they lash out at their customers. And so there is a reactive measure as well, even if the person is being friendly. So it goes both ways ultimately, but approaching these um, situations with just the awareness that like, there are two humans talking to one another and no one knows what's going on in each other's life can bring kind of this, I don't know, a different level of compassion might not be the right word, but just, yeah, understanding that, that empathy. it really is just two humans. Yeah, there Empty, you go. Empty.
0: Empathy. Empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, me, let, yeah. me run, let me run something by you, and I want to get your professional opinion on this. <laughs> so we won't mention the company, even though I've blasted them <laughs> as much as I possibly can. <laughs> so anybody that follows me knows what I'm talking about. But um, they used to have the best customer service on the planet. I mean, like, like no other experience. I don't know what changed, Overnight, but something changed overnight with him. But that's neither here nor there. If you're in a conversation and you're trying to work something out, um, you know whatever the case may be, and you're you know you're irate a little bit, but you're it's more of a frustration, and you're not beating the people up too much yet. But would you say (laughs) that it is um, that it is appropriate to tell a customer that? that they can't make whales fly.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, what? Mm.
0: Yes, Did yes. Someone um, actually
2: say that to you? Someone
0: actually <laughs> said that to me on a recorded line while I was trying to work out something with this company. What the hell does that and- even mean? Well, exactly. I mean, I, well, look, I'm, oh, I'm not going to go down that road. Well, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we often say uh, when pigs fly around here. So, mm-hmm. gentlemen, gentleman was uh, obviously not within the United States. So maybe they have different analogies wherever he was. That's they all obviously
1: saying. have whales and not pigs. Okay. <laughs> not
0: pigs. Right. <laughs> exactly. So Pacific area, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So inappropriate. Yes, I think.
2: Well without knowing the context of the conversation it's definitely a strange thing to say it feels like so here's how i feel so like it sounds like it was a heated like there was a big problem going on that wasn't getting resolved and yep. either you were not you were not being heard as a customer and and so in those types of escalated moments a comment like that is completely inappropriate simply because it's it just you know if you guys were joking around and whatever like cool that's funny like whatever like it's weird but it's funny but like not in an escalated moment there i don't at least you know in my experience and training my team like though that's not appropriate simply because it it takes away the level of professionalism and it invalidates you know a lot of the the emotions that you might be feeling because something isn't working for you and all of a sudden you have someone saying, like, oh, you can't do this. And it was, you know, because whales or whatever. And it's just like yeah. Yeah. so, so on a on a level, it was just, it sounds like, you know, without knowing the background, it sounds like it was a bad move on that particular person's agent's part to make a comment like that. And hopefully that conversation, as you said, it was recorded. Was brought up in a QA for that agent, and they were able to talk through it and be coached through that with their manager. In let's my hope. mind, that's what I hope. Yeah,
0: let's hope because I made Sorry. him. I, I said, "Excuse me, did you just say uh, you can't make whales fly?" He said, uh, "Yes, sir." I said, S- "One more time," and he said it, and I'm like, "Okay." So now I don't feel bad for what transpired after it, but oh, uh, thanks for the professional answer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I just had to get that one in.
2: No, that's great. I love it. That's a new one. I haven't heard anyone say that. I'm saying, I, you know, I,
1: I grew, growing up, my grandmother always ran restaurants and hotels and things like that. So, I mean, she was obviously in the customer service industry. And, you know, she always raised me to... Come from the angle of, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, if things go wrong, things go wrong. You can't control that. Mistakes happen. It's part of life. Much like, you know, Brandon's experience he just mentioned about whales flying, you know, when, <laughs> when they make it personal, that tends to be where things go south really quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, And that's the thing. And not to get too personal with my my situation, but it was, you know, I was very open about my family situation at the time Uh, when my grandfather passed a while ago. I even did a podcast from Oklahoma just to break away from the situation uh, because it's the the podcast is very therapeutic to me, but it, it had a lot to do with that. So. Um, having someone bring up a comment like that when I'm when I'm obviously super down and not in the best place in my head uh, wasn't ooh, it just wasn't the, wasn't good timing. Um, so yeah, I did the best I could at, at, at keeping myself at bay. But you know, but but all this goes to show, um, you know, <laughs> there's two sides of the coin. Well, not really. I mean, there's there's two humans on the phone. At that point, Mm -hmm. you know, whether Mm -hmm. I'm mad at that person for saying something or I'm being difficult or they're being difficult, I'm not getting what I want out of the conversation. Um, Maybe I can use that line that you just said, like, can I get someone that's going to talk to me on a non scripted way way or whatever? Um, That might piss somebody off, though, but whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, we're all we're, we're all we could all be battling the biggest, you know, Challenges in our in our brains and things that are going on inside and and Jerry does it. I've done it. I do it. It sounds like you've done it a lot too in your past. And we all put on this show and you know Mm -hmm. that story that you had told me when we when. We spoke earlier before the podcast about that picture that you sent over of you mm-hmm. just sitting at your mm-hmm. desk, all smiles, with vegetables in front of you, and you 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 say you looked at, at your very best and healthy as can be, but that was actually the most troubled you mm-hmm. were in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> everybody's everybody's putting up like like jerry jokes around all the time he makes jokes makes people laugh to keep the attention off himself when he doesn't want it right yeah. yes oh so, yeah I absolutely
1: mean, yeah. yeah you know i've made the analogy before and and jenny i don't know you know if you've listened to any of the podcasts or not but you know i come from a radio background and mm-hmm. you know it, i i you know i basically call it kind of like a tears of a clown syndrome you know as long as i'm keeping people <laughs> laughing they don't know what's mm-hmm. really going on with me and mm-hmm. you know we talked to uh you know pool boy last week and and he agreed that it's almost like living a double life because you know when you're on the air you know people expect that outgoing you know that big personality when in all reality you're sometimes the exact opposite and quiet and interest you know introverted and you know it's it's like a double Mm -hmm. life you know and i imagine you know that's very much similar to what you've gone through
2: Yes. Oh, I love how you put that. A very, it is such a double life. And a lot of people in customer service, one of the things you learn in training, even I learned it very early on, even working at like food places back in, you know, early college time. Literally, they're like, you know, when you go out there, either to answer a call or to serve a customer, you are on stage.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Leave
2: your, then it's the common, like leave your baggage at the door. And, um, and there's even contact centers I know that, Uh, agents will have mirrors, small mirrors at their desk so they can watch themselves. They could make sure they're smiling before they answer a call.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. that was always the thing. You could tell if someone's mm-hmm. not smiling on a call, right? Something like that.
2: It's, yeah, and then you could get marked down because you don't sound, you know, cheerful. And while I, sure. I, you know, I am an advocate of feeling your feelings, I am definitely not an advocate of if you feel like crap to treat others like crap. I don't believe in that, but I believe in dealing with your feelings so you can you know expend your energy um, successfully elsewhere um, you know and take care of what you need to take care of but yeah like what you just said like you know Jerry like it is a double life and it feels like that and like for for myself like especially earlier on like that picture that you were talking about like that you know I looked like and I just look at that picture I just laugh because I'm like oh my gosh like I hid that so damn well and like um, you know, I'd go to work. I would. I was. I'm a great at my job, and I, you know, did all the things, all the exercise, all the eating healthy, all the things. And then I'd go home, and I would literally, you know, crumple and tear myself apart. And um, and there was just a lot of secrets and a lot of things that people didn't know. And um, it surprises people when I share. Like I've really only started opening up about this stuff for the, maybe the last two years. Like it's been very, very recent because I hit it for so long. I thought people would judge me. And then there was just this moment where, you know, you start to like, there's other people, bigger names, like celebrities and whatever that start sharing their anxiety stories or what have you. And then I feel like, well, you know what? Like maybe I should too, like they're doing it on a bigger scale but like customer service agents like i didn't i don't know any other customer service person talking about their depression and eating disorder and anxiety like why can't i do that and so it's been very very um recent and it's still like one of those things where it's like People hear it and they're shocked and they're like, I never, I never knew. I never knew that you were going through that. I never knew that you were thinking about killing yourself. I never knew that you were hurting yourself so much and hurting inside. And yet you looked like you, you were amazing at work and you were doing this and you're so loving to others. And, and so that double life is hard to live and it's hard to keep that up over time. And I'm sure you experienced that too, Jerry. Like it gets exhausting. Oh. God, it's to crazy. carry that yeah no yeah.
1: it's exhausting isn't the word because you know <laughs> you're mentally physically you know you're just a zombie to the world and, you know, nothing matters. And the problem is when it starts affecting the people around you, the people that matter, you know, that's when I know in my situation, that's when I went, okay, look, something's got to change. <laughs> so, you know, something's yeah. got to give because, you know, it was affecting my everyday life with, with the people that matter to me the most. I've talked about, you know, the summer back in 2013 where I had my issues and I, I was just done. I mean, I just wanted to end it. I was done. I was exhausted i I had no more fight left in me and you know i saw how it affected you know my wife and my family and it's like okay i can't do this to them you know so Mm -hmm. i i i totally understand and 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 can relate on a million levels to what you just said um you know you you've referenced the the eating disorder and you know you've referenced you just referenced you know the, the suicidal thoughts and things like that you know, if you don't mind me asking, how did you, how did you overcome that?
2: I think, for I, mean, I, overcome, I, know, I know it's kind
1: yeah. of a, I know it's kind of a yeah. trick question because do you ever <laughs> it's really ongoing. totally, yeah, it's like, but but how did you get on the road to, I, yeah. I don't want to say recovery, but you know, the, right. the yeah. of, of right in the ship?
2: You know, I think what it really was is that um, when I was a kid, like I looked up to my grandparents a lot. They passed away when I was in high school. And whenever I would get, you know, I'd get in my really dark places and I would, you know, I didn't necessarily know that I needed help yet. But I always had this feeling like, well, Papa and Grandma wouldn't want me to feel like that. And so and not because um, I shouldn't feel like that, but because they believed that I had enough strength to, you know, get past that. And so I always just kind of carried that with me. And so in those moments where, yeah, it was really dark and really heavy and I was doing lots and lots of things that were not, um, you know, healthy and kind to myself, I still, like, there were moments where I would stop and be like, okay, maybe I should, like, kind of chill on this. And then it realized the awareness kind of came in, like, well, I don't need to chill. I need to get help. And so it was, like, at that moment where I just continued to feel, like, their energy and their voices kind of around me all the time. and. That's kind of what led me to going to the eating disorder treatment program. Um, I think it took me, let's say, probably took me about three, maybe three and a half, almost four years to finally get to that point where I felt like, okay, I'm going to go make an appointment here and see if I can get admitted. And and that program really opened up the doors. That program actually is what saved um, my life. So that program opened up, like okay, I can start to deal with this stuff, and then from that point on, I was in therapy ever since. Um, and uh, you know, and then sometimes therapy gets a little hard because uh, medical stuff happened, right. it, medical insurance coverages and copays, and it gets complicated. But I somehow always found a way to to stay consistent with it. Um, and then I just knew, like I knew that I. I don't know what I'm, what here, I'm here for, for all that stuff, but I knew that I wanted to to continue to try, just for my grandparents. As silly as that might sound, um, no, that's, that's so that's, that's, that's not silly, silly at, all. at all.
1: No, you know, Brandon and I are we uh, we've we've talked before about aha moments. They you go know, that that moment of okay mm-hmm. clarity that okay something needs to change, and you know I I know I've talked about you know. My my experience years ago. I was sitting on the sofa with a bottle of pills, and I was done. Mm. I mean, done. And that's when it all hit me. Yeah. That was my aha moment. What was yours?
2: Mm, my aha moment. So it was 2006. I was I just moved to New York City uh, right after I graduated college. Um, I was living on a fifth the fifth story of a building with no elevator. So, um, and my, my bedroom faced the street and I had two windows and my aha moment was sitting in that window with my feet out, um, on the fire escape thinking, I'm going to jump. I'm done. I don't weigh X amount. No one cares about me. I feel like I have nothing, nothing better Better to do. Like I'm worthless. And um, and then there was like that moment where I don't know it was like and I still remember it so clearly because there was like a peak of sun like it was kind of a cold day and there wasn't much sun but there was like a peak of sun that like I don't know showed up right near me and kind of hit my eye a certain way and I was like ugh maybe that's Papa and Grandma maybe maybe I should just move home and get help and so that was Damn. that was the aha moment sitting on that windowsill thinking I'm so easy right now no one would know like. Everyone's 3,000 miles away. Like, I'm here. Like, I have my, you know, my friend and roommate in the other room, but, you know, what can she do? Like, and so that's really, that was it. Wow.
1: Jeez,
0: it's heavy. Well, I'm glad you're still here. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, I'm
2: glad you guys are too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We talk about the aha moment, and I like to bring up, um, I don't like to, but I feel obligated to bring um, the suicidal, you know, uh, ideations and stuff like that whenever possible because we just can't educate people enough on this subject, um, and it needs to be talked about more and more and more so we can start helping others when they get to that moment and they don't have an all hell moment like we've had. So. <laughs> It's tough, you know, and I, the, the double life stuff that you guys were talking about earlier, I can absolutely relate, you know, I was in media for 25 plus years, uh, doesn't matter, you know, worked in radio with Jerry, television station, uh, digital, all kinds of anything you think of pretty much. And it's, it's, it's just, it's tough to be on the marketing and advertising side um you know and living that double life because you you there's an element of customer service there all the mm-hmm. time but there's also i mean shit we huh, in that industry you you work with vultures and mm-hmm. and it's tough and And I found myself putting on a show, quote unquote, daily to, to entertain whoever I needed to entertain and do, you know, give my best whatever for, for any, any said person when I know damn right that somebody didn't appreciate anything that I was doing or even people trying to take me down. Mm -hmm. And um, thank God I'm out of that industry and (laughs) I've successfully walked away from it. And I, I'm so excited to to change my world and, and turn the next chapter, uh, you know, turn to the next chapter in life basically, uh, and put all that stuff behind me. Um, but, uh, I, I would come home and try to digress and it was my anxiety and I, I, I nicknamed it fight club because <laughs> I would come home and like, like you said, you know, be, I beat myself up. I just I'd have to sit in my office at home and just, mentally mentally digress and get out of my head some of the shit that was going on in there. And by the time, you know, sometimes I'd be in my office for like two hours after work, and you're at work all day. And, you know, I got a little girl and a wife. I mean, the world to me. And by the time I, I could surface and I was tense and in, in, uh, the, the feeling of anxiety it, you know, it's not just mental; it's a feeling too. Like if it feels like a weight on you, you know, mm-hmm. like and yeah. you just want to jump out of your skin. Yeah, <laughs> like you're yeah. not comfortable in your own skin. You just went out, 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 out. I went out. I went out. I went out. I had to, had to get, I had to get myself through that feeling. And then by the time I could get out of that, you know, my, my girls are asleep or something. It's like shit. So I had many aha moments, <laughs> so to speak. So I totally understand.
2: And when I want to point out something too, I love how you nicknamed it um fight club i think that's it's i don't know if that's been helpful for you i found that i have a nickname for like the negative voices and the the really kind of voice that weighs me down in my head and so i haven't heard anyone else really um you know nickname it before and uh, there were there's something helpful for me to do that was that helpful for you to kind of identify it and like name
0: it? You know, it was because I could, you know, it made it easier to speak about and yeah. talk about. Like even I would tell my, I'd tell my boss at the time, you know, like, he's like, did you go home? And I'm like, I'm like yeah, I, yeah. I entered Fight Club for a while. Yep, sure <laughs> did. He's like, I knew you would. And it's always when something bad happens or whatever or something mm-hmm. negative, you know. But uh, it helped me, it helped me to I, not, not only identify it, but talk to myself about it. And then was able to talk to others about it um, without feeling ashamed of myself or anything like that. But uh, yeah. Fight Club doesn't exist anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> um, With with yeah. me uh, me opening a barbershop, uh, there's there's no the Fight Club. There's no the Fight yeah. Club. So that's I'm,
2: incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta uh, uh, change change the direction, change the path, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 realize that you know chasing uh, a friend of mine uh, recently mentioned this analogy and I loved it. He, he told me he had spent his entire career, which is many, 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 many years, a uh, very successful person. And he had spent his entire career chasing coin, as he phrased it. And he goes, and I never want to do that again, ever, mm. never. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. So, and yeah, it's just like a rebirth
2: yeah that's that's not easy to do. It's hard to transition into that and um and to kind of like just own what what you were but who you were before and then to you know move forward into this new path and it's super exciting so, right um, and and, but, and that's yeah.
0: why we're all here you know like that's why mm-hmm. Jerry and I
2: yeah.
0: uh, do you know do our due diligence during the week to find you know amazing people like you to talk to and and even when we don't, we, you know, we talk amongst ourselves about important, you know, uh, things going on in the world and different subjects in our lives. And, uh, you know, we lay ourselves stuff out there and we're transparent as we possibly can be. Um, <clears throat> he's, you know, I, I, we, we try to not offend people. I don't don't care anymore. So but <laughs> but, you know, th- this is the reason because I know it's hard it's hard to make that decision it's hard to you know leave a career of twenty twenty five 25 plus years it's hard it's you know life is hard but yeah it's possible it's possible to get there yeah. it's it's possible to make that new path to turn that page to to you know find your new you find something and by all three of us communicating in the same way and sharing those stories anybody out there can relate they can do it too. It's possible. Yeah. It's not It's not like it's not possible. It's totally possible.
2: I I, for, like, I, love that. It's so true. It is possible. Like there is that, you know, cheesy cliche thing of there light being at the end of the tunnel. Like there is that. Like we, you know, you may be in your darkness. Maybe someone listening to this right now is in the darkness. But like the fact that you guys took the time to create this podcast as a space for people to actually share this stuff, is a part of helping others find that it is impossible for themselves. And so, like, this is just, it's incredible that you guys are having these conversations with so many people from all different parts of life and all different experiences and giving people the awareness that, yeah, you may be in that darkness right now, but, like, it is possible to make a transition like it is possible to get to you know as cheesy as it sounds the other side so
0: Hey, cheesy, cliche, <laughs> whatever. I'll yeah. I'll take them all because you know what? <laughs> if you point me in the direction of Fight Club, or if you point me yeah. in the direction of Care Bears shitting rainbows, I'm going to Care Bears and shitting and rainbows yes, without a Care doubt. Bears. That's I what's happening. That. That's what's happening because because yes. it feels because like, I feel like a Care Bear shitting rainbows right now.
1: It's all good. <laughs> well, it's all good over here. Care yeah, you
2: rock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, spoken like a true girl dad. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, I didn't yeah. say Barbies.
2: <laughs> I yeah, was Care Bears, say, not Barbies. When uh, you know, when
1: people ask me about the podcast, they're like, "Oh, you do a mental health podcast." I'm like, "Well, I don't like to put it straight up in that category because you know, I always reply, you know, what we do, it's more about you know, real people with you know, their real stories about real life. You know, it's not, a, it's not. I mean, technically, I guess it is a mental health podcast, but, you know, it's just about being real and being open and honest. And, you know, there are so many people that can relate to so many of these stories. And, you know, Brandon hit on, you know, the respect and, and appreciation and, you know, feeling like, you know, crap because, you know, whatever you're doing or whatever you're working on, nobody's paying attention to it and nobody cares and, you know, yeah. Jenny, coming from your background, I, I, I mean, you guys get beat up every day. What do you suggest to people out there that are in the customer service field? What do you suggest to help them not feel that way?
2: The first thing that I always suggest is for, for any, any company to have, to have some type of um, communication funnel where someone can talk about those, how that interaction made them feel and that because most of the time you just shove it down go to the next call shove it down go to the next email you know whatever it is and so people don't talk about it and the first place to start is to start having those conversations and um, whether that's with a manager even HR or like another coworker, being like dude this guy's a a jerk but like can we talk through this because it's making me feel pretty low
1: no you can say he's a dick like Brandon
2: Exactly. I have a friend, and that's her last name. So sometimes I don't go to that route because she's a beautiful human. And so um,
1: I'm saying we we can always circle things back to Brandon being a dick. So I'm down with that. When in doubt, when in doubt.
2: (laughs) That's so funny. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it really just starts about talking about it. And then, you know, of course, there's coaching on top of it to help, you know, uh, kind of, it's almost like cognitive behavioral therapy in the contact center where, you know, you hear what the customer says, but you kind of work through it to make it real for your situation and you don't take it personally. Um, Cause that's a big thing. But even when you don't take it personally, there's still ramifications on top of it. And I just firmly believe in just talk about it cry about it like some people are like save your tears for the car ride home if you work in a contact center it's like, hold up no why why can't we cry at work if someone like says something mean like it doesn't mean that we're weak like why can't we just do it and so that's kind of where i come from is like get the support of your team or someone that you trust in the company and talk about it and get the support that you need and then yeah you might have to move on to the next call, but you know that you're supported
0: so next time, when I'm in a situation, I'm just going to ask him, do you need a hug?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you <laughs> need yes. a bear bear?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you grumpy bear today?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. You should. Oh, man.
1: Do you need yep, a rainbow to shoot out of your tummy? Is that what's wrong with you? <laughs> when in doubt.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Wow, that was yeah. so
0: funny! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We try. We try to. We try to. You know, sprinkle, if you will. No pun. Whatever. I don't even know if that makes <laughs> sense. But a little bit. Of, you know, you got to laugh at these things. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, so hell yeah! So just,
0: just uh, you know, get, <laughs> getting, getting all this stuff out. Sometimes is difficult. But if you can make light of the situation at any time, and I'm all about it.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, if that's we can't so laugh at, if
1: we can't laugh at ourselves, there's no point, no point in doing anything. So.
2: Right. And you'll be surprised sometimes in contact centers, part of that recovery process of like dealing with these angry customers is to make funny memes of like, this customer was doing this. Of course, you never share it with the customer and it is a little, you know, risky, but it's so much fun. It makes it better because everyone can laugh. So be careful because if you're mean to someone, there might be a meme going around that office about you.
0: Well, I probably have a bunch, a bunch of them, um, and you know what? Here's here's something you could probably com- confirm or deny for me.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Can I put you on hold for just a minute, sir, while I go find this or do this or do that? I think nine out of ten times that's probably accurate. They need to put me on hold, but I think there's a certain percentage where they put me on hold and they throw their shit down and they're like, "This motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I want to beat it that. Mm-hmm. and then they get back mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm.
2: True. Yep. Oh, absolutely true. Yeah. Because there are moments where it's so, it's escalating and the it's so intense and you, like that agent is like, okay, I need to take a breather before I become reactive. And so like, it's literally guy's an that,
0: asshole. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And so it's like, yeah, <laughs> kind of like, all right, how can I reset and like approach this with calmness and I think that's totally valid right like we all kind of need that whether it's like you know someone's being mean to us whether it's in customer service or like we're just out in the world and someone cuts us off like man you know that would like, be
0: my go to if I was in customer <laughs> service I'd be like hold please
2: <laughs> oh shit <it> Goose <gasps> <Like>, Whatever. Make, <laughs> just make sure they're actually on mute there's been instances where that happens and then they're like blah 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 about the customer and they forget to actually hit the mute button that
1: so, is awesome
2: <laughs> totally I happens.
0: want to be that person when Day. I want that in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it
2: that happens. That's
1: mm-hmm. funny. So, customerservicelife.com. Mhm. When did yeah. you guys, when did you launch? How did it, I mean obviously you, you talked about the the origins of it, but when how, how did you really dive into this? When when did that happen?
2: So, customerservicelife.com, I started back in 2012 with my former, former boss. boss. And so it was really his idea and he wanted, we wanted a place to share stories about customer service because the people in our lives, like our friends and families were like really tired of hearing us talk about it. And so, um, and so it really kind of started then. We're just like, let's just talk about what we learn or share stories. And so we co-founded that together and, um, we just continued writing for it. So it's really just a space to share things we've learned. And then I've noticed like over the years, as I went through what I went through, every, you know, post that I would make kind of became more focused on like, you know, the self care and the mental health and emotional health and like, and that's pretty much what I write about on there now to share with the customer service communities. Um, and, and that's, that's really my, my place to share these things, um, whether it be a video or, uh, just an article or me kind of like just sharing thoughts about a current situation. I do it from the angle of like, I'm a customer service person and I'm feeling my feelings because this happened. And so it's my space to do that and like offer some, you know, I don't know, wisdom to others who might be in a similar situation and not know what to do. So it kind of has really become this place of like all sorts of of wisdom, whether you want to learn about a contact center or whether you want to learn about like, you know, real stories of someone actually having a difficult situation and then navigating through it. And so it's it's been a really consistent gift to have that platform. And it's gotten us so much recognition in the customer service world. Um, we've met so many people, so many great friends through it. Um, I have you know got so many answers and connections of questions that I've had and then also like I mean I found like speaking I got people find me for speaking events through that or um, I I mean back in the day I was like featured on the Huffington Post um, through a blog article that I wrote so it was like really cool connections and it's it's become the place to share our voices that's awesome.
1: That's awesome. Now, knowing that you're, you know, you're also, I, I guess it ties in, but the the whole self, uh, self-care coach thing and things like that. If somebody wanted to get in contact with you, how could they do it?
2: Sure. So I would recommend hopping over to JennyDempsey.com. That it's just there's not much on there, but it has all of my contact information, all of my social links that is the absolute best way to reach me through one of those channels on Jenny Dempsey. And it's spelled D E M P S E Y like Patrick.com. So <laughs> jennydempsey.com.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for having me on super honored to be here. And thank you for having these conversations with so many others and sharing this and giving people a place for their head.
1: Well, Jenny we appreciate that and yes. you, you know again she's Jenny Dempsey you can hit her up at jennydempsey.com customer service life.com if you need a phone number go to numberbarn.com she can she she can do it all she's a <laughs> jack of <laughs> all trades so. i got you i got you <laughs> she's got your back so guys we appreciate uh Jenny we appreciate the time thank you so much um and and that's gonna do it for this week's show uh Brandon are you good
0: I'm good, man I'm, I'm focusing on Care Bears Care Hitting Bears and,
1: and not fighting with customer service people
0: Cur- oh, Yes, I'm working on it
1: Deep breaths <laughs> Deep breaths
0: <laughs> I start to put them on hold now that, How's that? i'm not joking i'm like i need you to hold on for a second
1: i need
2: you Just to hold
0: me. on
1: so i can find some paperwork
2: yeah,
0: yeah. oh that's Just great. remember
2: to hit the mute button i do i do
0: i do the that's day's gonna happen but i'm ready
1: that's funny all right guys that's gonna do it for this week thanks again for downloading and taking the time to let us uh into your world uh don't forget to subscribe anywhere you can and please By all means, drop us a a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, until next week, he's Brandon Thompson. My name is Jerry P. Tuck. Don't forget the hashtag. Get it out. We'll see you next week.
2: Radio influence strives to
1: bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy.